Welcome to the LBC Sermon Podcast. This podcast is recorded live at Love Beyond Church in Harveston, Johannesburg, every Sunday at 9am, and may include the sounds of God's creation and our scenic environment. Join us as we press into the heart of God and His will for our lives. Welcome. of God is so tangible in this place you know I don't want anything else I don't want anything else I don't want anything else but his presence you know when you when you taste and see that the Lord is good when you encounter his presence nothing else really matters nothing else really matters you know he says that our works are like filthy rags so when we come to him in that place of rest we would truly truly say in him we live move and have our being it changes our lives when we put god first in all our efforts we don't have to strain and stress and strive anymore because we know that god is in control and tell you what it's real i mean the battle is real come on church i'm saying it the battle is real but the lord wants you to know this this morning he says i will fight for you just remain calm and be still. Exodus 14, 14 says that. And he repeats it over and over and over again in his word. He tells us that he will fight for us. And that doesn't mean we don't do anything. But the best thing we can do is to pray. And to pray in accordance with his word. Not our own opinions. Let's pray the word of God. Because when we pray, we encounter the living God. And we allow God to step into our situations, touch them and change them. Because God is not a man that he should lie. As Pastor Andre was singing, he says, you know, we're not fighting for victory, we're fighting from victory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, sure. Holy Spirit, I must tell you, I'm the presence of God in this place is... Well, I mean, I'm battling to even walk, never mind talk. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we won't move and walk by sight. Because that's a tool that the enemy uses to distract us. We won't walk by sight, but we'll walk by faith. Faith in what your word says and what your word declares. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why grace? That's the message I'm going to try and get out this morning. Why grace? I don't know about you, but um, I can tell you that but for grace, 
I wouldn't be standing here today. You know, people look at someone and they go, oh, look at that person, you know. He's got it all together. Look how the Lord has blessed them. But you know, I stand here today as, as a testimony to God's grace. When I look back in my life, and I know the Lord's just taking me there, but I've got a whole message. <laughs> when I look back on my life, I can see grace. I can see how God has just kept me, protected me, sustained me, provided for me, in spite of myself. You know, grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. That's the acronym we like to use. You know, grace is getting what we don't deserve. But we seem to forget that there's this Grace and mercy go together. Mercy is getting what you don't deserve. I mean, I remember in my life, you know, if I look at it, I wasn't brought up in a Christian home. I wasn't. I didn't know Jesus. You know, I'm strange as it might seem, but I was wild. I was, I was, I was bright. But I was wild, you know. I grew up in, I grew up in Krugersdorp, and um, it's a lovely place. You know, there's a joke about Krugersdorp that says, you know, you learn two things about Krugersdorp: you learn to drink and how to fight. Um, yeah. But the point is that I look at my life and I just look back at that and I say, okay, you know, off I went, finished school. And I went overseas for a year and I came back and I went to Varsity. And I remember at Varsity, here I am, a guy that is studying, is relatively bright, but I'm still trying to find myself and my identity. I'm still striving to see who I am because I don't know Jesus. But there's a hole in my heart and I don't know what it is and I need to fill that hole in my heart. You know, um, I didn't come from a poor family. I didn't come from an unprivileged background. I mean, the truth be known that I actually, I had an absent father, but I, but I had everything that I wanted. I didn't want for anything. I mean, I turned 18, I got a car. You know, I, I, when I wanted a motorbike, I got a motorbike. And so, yeah, but I was still like so lost. I was so lost. And I was roaming around in this world thinking, but Lord, what is going on? What? No, I didn't even think, Lord, I thought, what is going on? You know, um, studying, doing what adversity. Um, then I get dragged into to stuff in the world, you know. Um, it's by God's grace that I never got into drugs. But I got seriously into fighting. <laughs> um, I got into bouncing. Imagine that lifestyle. God's grace. You know, when I look at it, there I was. I was bouncing at a restaurant. I won't mention the names. I won't mention who I was bouncing with and who the backup was for the bouncers that were bouncing there. 
But the point I'm trying to make is that day, as I was standing at the door, these guys came in. And the guy said, I know the owner. I said, well, you might know the owner, but you have to pay to come in. And the next minute, I had the nine millimeters stuck in my mouth. You know, and I look back in retrospect, I mean, there were six guys that were out of it. They were, you know, they, they, they were, they'd come there to actually kill people. And God's grace in that situation, although I didn't believe it, but in retrospect, in hindsight, I see God's grace. Because even then, He saved me for a time like this. So, you know, that's where, even though we go through stuff, that's what I want to encourage you. Even though our lives can be a mess by our own choices, even though we can miss it, God's grace is sufficient. He takes us through stuff, you know, and, he, and, he, and we go through defining moments and we don't even know it's God. But then, when we look back, we see God's hand on our lives even then. Even then, in the midst of our darkness, in the midst of our greatest pain, in the midst of us really just living a life of, like, like the prodigal son, living that life amongst the pigs. Because that's actually, when you... When you're outside of Jesus, that's actually what you're doing. You're living a life where you're actually living a life way below what God intended you to live. So we're no different to the prodigal son in that pigsty, eating what the pigs, and he goes and he says, you know what? In my father's house, even the servants eat better than this. I'm going back to my father. And you know, the amazing thing is, I look at it in terms of God's grace and hard work that, I mean, I, I remember when I met my wife, um, by that stage, I didn't realize it, I thought, look at my willpower, you know, I'd stepped out of a whole lot of stuff and, and you know, I had my life together, but I remember going in and I, and I walked into a, uh, it was a, um, what was it again? It was a marriage celebration, and I walked in and I saw Mandy. So Mandy, I said, wow, I'm going to marry her. She just didn't agree with that. <laughs> but I knew. Yeah, and I couldn't, say, I couldn't say, oh, the Lord told me. <laughs> I, just, I didn't know the Lord, but I knew, I, was, I knew when I saw Mandy, I knew that I was going to marry her. I'd still convince her. And believe me, that was pretty difficult. It was really difficult because um, people that knew me at the time, warned her against me. They warned her against me. They said, no, 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 uh -uh. <laughs> Leave her. Stay away from that guy. He's trouble. <laughs> you know what I mean? God's grace. Anyway, what I'm, what I'm getting to is that I met Mandy, um, convinced her to go on a date with me. We've been together ever since. Praise God. And um, she led me to the Lord. Mandy led me to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. See how God works all things to the good. So even then, he says, you know, he's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He knows everything. And he's not confused. He said, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. 
So he knows the plans he has for us. Plans to prosper us, not to harm us. Plans of a hope and a future. And I just think about that and I look at that, you know, oh, look at me. Oh, I'm lucky. No, I'll tell you what, you're not lucky. Even as a non-believer, you're not lucky. Because God is in control of everything. And if you're sitting here and you're alive, you've got a purpose. Amen. The fact that I was kept alive was because I had a purpose. The fact that many of you are sitting here today is because you've got a God-given call and purpose. Otherwise, you would have been taken out a long time ago. Am I right? Brother Graham, you're laughing. Am I right, Brother Emil? Am I right? Man, that is that is that is the God we serve. That is the God we serve. You see, I believe as believers, we often get very confused about grace. And we kind of think of grace as a doctrine. We go, grace is a doctrine. Grace is not a doctrine. That's the first thing I want to deal with this morning. Grace is not a doctrine. Grace is a person. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. You see, what makes us as Christians very unique is, and what makes Christianity rather very unique is that it gives us power to free people from all fears, condemning thoughts and addictions. You see, many of the world, the world's system is governed by moral codes, all right, rules and laws. That's the world system. But Christianity is unique. Can I hear an amen to that? Christianity is unique in that it's not about an impersonal list of do's and don'ts. It's about, and this is a key word, it's about having a relationship with the Almighty God. It's about having a relationship with the Almighty God. And to get a revelation and understanding that it's God working in us and for us through this relationship that brings transformation in our lives. You know, our value systems as Rabbi on Church is transformation. Reformation and restoration. And what brings transformation in our lives is being in relationship with the living God. You see, beloved, God is all about having a relationship with you today. That's what it's about. He says, I sit in the door and knock. Knock. And he says, why don't you Open the door. Not someone else. Not him. He says, why don't you open the door? And I will come in. And I will sup with you. And you will sup with me. That's commune. That's relationship. That's what God has called us to. Jesus died. Grace died. That is what redemption is. It's God's grace. Him paying the price for what we should have actually died for. That's redemption. That's what it's about. God said, I died to restore relationship with you. 
wants to have a relationship with you. You see, in the church, we're running around trying to have relationships like this. Which is great. But not great if we don't have this relationship right. Well, if you look at John 1.17, I think we might have it up. I don't know if we have it up. John 1.17 says as follows. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. See, the Apostle John is telling us that the law was given through Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. See, notice that the law was given. The law was given. And this, this, this really does imply a, a kind of a sense of distance. You know, it's, it's kind of a, something out there. The law. But grace is a contrast to that. Grace is something personal. Come on, church. Grace is personal and it came as a person. The person of Jesus Christ. See, the law is hard, cold, and impersonal. You know, when we just walk around like legalists, oh, hallelujah, brother, the word, hallelujah, yeah, mm, twak, twak. <laughs> I mean, tell me what value that's actually having in someone's life. If you're just quoting a whole lot of law to that person, what is actually taking place? The law is hard, cold, and impersonal. So you cannot have a relationship with two tablets of stone. Get that, church. You can't have a relationship with two tablets of stone. The law was written on a stone. God is saying this, I've written the law in your heart. Amen. I came to fulfill the law. Not to do away with it. I came to fulfill the law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and your strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. That fulfills all the law. You cannot have a relationship with the law. See, grace is gentle man, and warm. Grace is not a teaching or a doctrine. Grace is a person. And because of that, you can have a relationship with the person. See, God is not interested in mere obedience and submission. He's not just interested in mere obedience and submission. He's a God of love. And he longs. He longs to have an intimate relationship with you. Church, he's crying out this morning. He's crying out. He says, my church has lost its first love. He's crying out. He's crying out for his sons and his daughters to come back into a relationship with him. You know, we've all been guilty of that. The world gets very busy. Life is busy. Life is busy. And it's so easy to just to drift apart. You know, it happens in the natural. 
You know, we, we kind of drift away from people so easily because life is so busy. We kind of, marriage relationships become, one day they wake up and say, well, I don't know you. <laughs> and the only way you continue to know a person is by actually continuing to have a relationship with them. And somebody say amen. See, he's a God of love. He's a God of love. Because God is love. See, Jesus came and died a cruel death on the cross. A cruel death on the cross, paying the full price. The full death of sin with his own life. So that you and I can reign in life today. So that you and I can reign in life today. But he died a cruel death. We kind of romanticize that. Man, if we actually understand what, what Jesus went through on the cross. It's not a pretty picture. It's not blah, blah, black sheep. No, little lamb going to the slaughter. It's not like that. Not like that. I mean, if you see what that was all about and how he was tortured and what was done to his body, what he, I mean, and what he actually went, what he went through at the cross, it really changes our perspective of what Jesus did for us, the price he had to pay. And you know that Jesus didn't want to go to the cross? He didn't want to go to the cross. The human side of him was, no, Lord, if you can take this cup from me, Take it from me, but not my will, your will be done. But his sacrifice fulfilled every requirement of the law perfectly. On the cross, I want you to get this this morning. On the cross, his sacrifice fulfilled every requirement of the law perfectly on our behalf. Go and read that in Matthew 5, 17. All that we are unable to do, he did. Come on, church. All that we are not able to do, He did it. Amen. He did it for us. That's why He says, your works are like filthy rags. The Bible tells us. See, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are made holy. You are made holy and righteous by His blood once and for all. You are made holy and righteous by His blood, once and for all. Brothers and sisters, we've got to stop having a confused message. It's not that we don't. See, grace doesn't say, grace is not a license. Let me put it right here. Grace is not a license to sin. No. In fact, what grace does is it calls us to a higher standard of holiness. But we are only holy in Him and only righteous in Him. We cannot be holy and righteous in our own doing, in our own works. You can enter into a relationship with Almighty God and come boldly into His presence without any guilt. That is what the blood has done for us. He says you can boldly enter the throne room of grace. Boldly. We don't have to be like, oh Lord, no, I'm so sorry. No, he says, if you confess your sins to me, I'm faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. 1 John 1 9. We don't have to live a life of condemnation. Condemnation. That's the enemy. 
The enemy is the one who reminds us of all our wrongs of our past. Oh, you know, you know, Pastor Eric. Yeah, 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 you did that. Oh, yeah, you know, oh, you did that. Oh, no. No. Let's not cheapen what Jesus did once and for all on the cross. You can come boldly into his presence, brothers and sisters. Get this this morning. Without any guilt, condemnation, or expectation of punishment. You see, we, we, have, we, we have too many believers that are walking around thinking that Father God's walking around with a huge stick seeing who you can beat up. That's not our Father. That's not who the God we serve. Listen, if you sin, there are consequences. Don't get me wrong. But the issue is this. God is not a God who walks around seeing who we can beat up. But it says this. The enemy walks around like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. That's the enemy, not God. It's not God. It's not the God I serve. The God I serve is a loving Father. The God I serve is that God that actually was out there watching like this, looking for the prodigal son to come home. That's the most beautiful thing, you know. He didn't sit there oh, by the by. Every day he was waiting, looking on the horizon to see when his son would come home. That's the God we serve. The God that's ever been watching. Watching his eyes going to and fro. This morning he says, just come home. Give me your all. Stop putting me in a box. Stop sticking me out there. And, you know, he doesn't want to rent a room in your house. He wants your whole house. Amen. He wants all of you. All of you. He wants that ugly, messed up stuff, man. He wants that stuff you're struggling with. He wants that, all of it. Everything. Good Greek word, alles. That's a frequent word. Alles, everything. You see, when you have fulfilled your debt to the lender, let this understand you. When you have fulfilled your debt to the lender for the mortgage on your house, so if you've got a property and you're busy paying off your mortgage and you fulfill that mortgage, you, 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 you stop sending monthly payments. But you don't keep paying for your bond if your bond is paid. Do we? No, we don't. Why? Because the debt has already been fulfilled. And if the lender sends you a letter, so if the bank has to send you a letter saying, demanding additional payment, all you have to do is produce, come on church, all you have to do is produce the title deed. Yeah. Look, yeah, it's paid for. In the same sense, the debt that you and I owed to the law. This is the key thing, that we owed to the law. Has already been fulfilled by our Savior, Jesus Christ. So when the enemy comes, and he does come, and he starts talking stuff to you. What about this? You're not good enough. You're not doing this. Blah, 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 blah. You just go, no, hang on. My Lord and Savior Jesus has paid the price. He has the title deed. I'm a child of the Most High God. 
I'm a child of the Most High God. Glory. I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ. I'm a co-heir with Christ. See, when the devil comes to accuse you with the law, and he loves you. see, the devil's a legalist, isn't he? Man, he's a legalist. He loves to accuse you with the law and shows you how you have fallen short and failed. Turn your eyes away from yourself. Get this. Turn your eyes away from yourself. And point to the payment made on the cross. Take your eyes off yourself and turn to the payment that was made on the cross. Christ is your title deed, which is why you are called a Christian today. You are not your own. You are not your own. You've been purchased. Come on, church. You've been purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. His blood shed for you is what makes your relationship with God secure. That's what makes your relationship. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Hebrews 13. I will not, I will not, I will not. says in the MP5. You can rest assured that God does not. Good hands. Like that. Let go with your one hand. This is God. Let go. You let go. God doesn't let go. God never lets go. You can pull. God doesn't let go. That's God. That's the God we serve. The God we serve doesn't hurt you either. No. But that's the thing we've got to understand. God does not let us go. Amen. Glory. He will never let you go. And he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans of a hope and a future. See, you've been purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. His blood shed for you is what makes your relationship with God secure. We don't ever have to doubt that. We don't ever have to doubt. Yes, sanctification is a process. Yes, living in the kingdom of God is different from going to just going to heaven and salvation. But we don't have to doubt that God is for us, He loves us, and that we are His bought at a price, fully paid for. There's nothing more we can do to earn our salvation other than accept Him as our Lord and as our Savior. Praise God. Praise God. So in closing, I'm just going to do this quick, just go, just quickly just give you something. Just about quick effects of grace. What are the effects of grace? See, grace makes us eager to obey. Grace makes us eager to obey. It doesn't make us want to run around and actually commit sin. You see, the worldly person celebrates rebellion and disobedience 
Just look at who their heroes are. I mean, look at our hero. Who's our hero? Man, we've got a superhero. I don't know about you, but, but um, my hero walks on water. You know? My lifesaver. Hallelujah. <laughs> he walks on water. See, grace makes us work hard. The, point, the first point was, grace makes us eager to obey. The second point is, grace makes us work hard. Grace is not saying that you mustn't work hard. But I tell you what, when you've been impacted by grace, you actually do want to work hard. You do want to serve God. You want to do it for various reasons. And also what it does is it causes us to work hard and invest time in areas we wouldn't normally do it. You know, we wouldn't normally do it. I mean, what grace does, it drives you to be able to say, I'm willing to go to a squatter camp. I'm willing to go into the hospitals and pray for people. I'm willing to go and do the stuff that people wouldn't want to do. That's grace. It makes us work hard. It makes us serve Jesus well. A very key one is that grace makes us thankful. Yes. How about you? But God's grace makes me so thankful. No other gift that's given to us in life. And I've got some very cool gifts. It's more precious than the grace of God. Nothing is more precious than the grace of God. So in closing, grace is the basis for our Christian identity. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Grace is the basis for our standing before God. Grace is the basis of our living. Grace is the basis of our behavior. Grace is the basis of our holiness. Grace is the basis of our strength for living. Grace is the basis of our way of speaking. Grace is the basis of our serving. Grace is the basis of our sufficiency. God tells us, my grace is sufficient for you. He tells us His God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that you having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Grace is the basis for our response for difficulty and suffering, how we respond in those times. Grace is a basis for our participation in God's mission. Grace is a basis of our future. The Word of God says, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's 1 Peter 1.13. Grace is a basis of our hope beyond death. Up our hope beyond death. Grace reigns through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So in closing prayer. Prayer for grace. Actually, we can just pray this after me. Oh Lord Jesus, grant us your grace and give us time for repentance. We want to keep your commandments 
and do your bidding. Choose the better part and no longer follow evil. Give us the strength to do this, O loving Savior. For your name's sake. Amen. So Father, I just pray your favor, your blessing over each and every person that's here this morning and that those that will be watching it later on the recording. And I'm just going to ask Pastor Mandy to come up and... Um,